in pirate land. We have lube, and then we water it down, and add nothing. <laughs> we call it Groot. <laughs> yeah, cinnamon. <laughs> nutmeg, and water it down. No, never cinnamon. Too, too spicy. Too many a man has made that mistake. <laughs> Aladdin 2, Electric Boogaloo. Um, this time there's two flying carpets. Oh. And, they fall, and they fall in love. But they're both male orientated, so it's progressive. <laughs> you turn the lamp on, Joe, aren't you? Yeah. Now, I watched a really good YouTube video about it today how, like, Aladdin was, like, the film that kicked off, like, animated films having to have a big name star kind of thing. Yeah. And it made a really good yeah. point. Like, I mean, you. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry. Like, basically, like, basically, every big Disney film, like, throughout the 90s after yeah. Aladdin had, like, yeah. basically a genie character. Yeah. Even though it was Danny DeVito and her what, like like a character that's not in the full film, but like yo, it's time it, it, for the big fantastical star character. Yeah, it's like the yeah. comic relief, like no, it's like the comic relief, like sidekick character. So like Genie in Aladdin, uh, Eddie Murphy as the dragon in Mulan, Danny DeVito as the little uh, satyr. Eddie and... Murphy as the donkey in Shrek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though uh, my, my that was well, that was DreamWorks, but like there was another but point in, like, this person brought up that DreamWorks also arguably when they took over, they kicked it into like the next fucking level of, in terms of like Shrek, celebrity. Shrek shit. One is arguably a parody of that shit, though. Yeah. Yeah. No. Even whilst being a total embrace of it, we're not here to discuss Shrek. God damn it! No, let's we, go. We could totally do a Shrek special. One day, we'll do a whole episode about Shrek. Not this, not this time, though. I'm talking about Shrek. The episode started. Shit. We're supposed to be talking about rum, aren't we? Yes, we are. It's the rum special part two. Hello, listeners. Hello. Thank you for sticking with us. Yes. It's been a mere minute or two for us. Oh, A whole week for you. Oh, my lord. That's time travel. It's like being a cat. Yeah. That's cat years, isn't it? We're we're talking to you from, like, multiple weeks in the the past. Transcending time. We don't know who the next Prime Minister is going to be yet. We do not. Ah. And I don't want to think about it. I doubt you will either. Don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. <laughs> <laughs> Even when he's three rooms deep, Elder Power is still responsible. I don't know about three, but yes. <laughs> I don't know either. That, right. was, that was a guess. Should we roll this die? Roll that die. Die. What number? Can't tell. Three. <laughs> Three it's again. Joe again. It's Joe again. Oh, good God. Oh, motherfucker. And by the way, you said three rums deep. I'm de- definitely more than three. Remember, I did down that bumbo. He did do the bumbo. So five rums deep? Are and we... to be fair, you finished off the grog Because well. before we started, you were like, grog. guys, let's track how much we drink. And we haven't. No, we haven't done out that. The window. Yeah. We haven't done that. Right, so, yeah. Okay, so it's time for my topic. My topic is... The Kraken... The Kraken. Unleash the Kraken. Yes. As the meme goes. Yes. Or the um <laughs> or the song at Mr. Motherfucking X Choir's song, The Last Azar. Release hey. the Kraken. Excellent. The rest gonna be cracked in. Excellent. You know, terrible. Uh horrible. T- tell us all about the Kraken. Let me read you a poem first. I- I'm drinking the Kraken right now. You are. He's drinking the Kraken rum. The reason my topic is the Kraken is because, of course, there's a rum called Kraken. Yes. You may detect a theme to this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to begin this topic, guys, with a poem. Oh. Ooh. So, it's by Alfred Lord Tennyson. It's called The Kraken. Lay okay. that poem upon me. Below the thunders of the upper deep, 
far, far beneath in the abysmal sea, his ancient, dreamless, uninvaded sleep, the kraken sleepeth. Faintest sunlights flee about his shadowy sides, above him swell huge sponges of millennial growth and height, and far away into the sickly light from many a wondrous Grots in secret cell, unnumbered and enormous polypi, winnow with giant fins slumbering green. There hath he lain for ages and will lie, battening upon huge sea worms in his sleep, until the latter fire shall heat the deep. Then once by men and angels to be seen, in roaring he shall rise and on the surface die so that is shit that is the cracking by well alfred lord tennyson i just thought very good i should open that no no that was that was open good. that topic open this episode that captures the sort of um what's the word mythos the mythos the, the like, what 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 the kraken's all about so the kraken the, the, the idea of looking into the ocean and and untold yeah. things being below yeah so yeah. basically for the uninitiated if you're listening to this and you have no fucking idea what the kraken is the kraken is a mythological creature a legendary cephalopod a huge sort of octopus, octopus looking creature yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But a so, giant one. So it's like a bit. What, what King Kong is to monkeys, the Kraken is to cephalopods and octopuses. Octopuses yeah, basically, and squids basically, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it originally from Scandinavian folklore. Oh, really? Yeah, really. And if you want to know more about Scandinavian folklore, we have an uh, mm-hmm. episode in season one all about Norse mythology. I can't remember which one it is, so listen through all of them. Definitely. <laughs> and tell your friends. It's episode eight. Oh. oh, thank God we have Matt here. The elders share knowledge. One of us always knows it. <coughs> That's surprising to me, though, that the Krakens from Scandinavian. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's cool. Isn't Although it? they were a nautical people, weren't yeah. they, with the Vi- the Vikings and stuff? I'm the thinking first... now they used to, they yeah. were all about their boats. No, so so the, fact, the, the fact they had, like, sea myth yeah. doesn't surprise me. No, now. it's not surprising, really. Like, yeah, the first um... people to do, like, proper long haul yeah. boating, sailing. Yeah, yeah. man. But yeah, the word kraken itself comes from both uh, Swedish and Norwegian. Um, I say be kraken. It means um, unhealthy or twisted animal. Ooh. Ooh. So that's originally. Is it also bit, bit mean? Yeah, yeah. It's also sort of like Swedish sailors like used it as a euphemism for whales. Be- ah. Because it was believed like there was a superstition amongst them that saying the uh, saying whales, uh, valar. In Swedish, uh, summoned whales. Ah, so yeah, you don't want to summon cracking. whales. Yeah, no, because well, you know, if if a whale pops up and just smashes against your ship, you're not going to stand a chance. Yeah, but whales don't normally attack. I think killer whales can be a bit aggressive, but wait, like generally whales. What if a whale has just been for some eye surgery and can't? But see what am I? I'm not a whale biologist. Hey, I'm whaling mm. here. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> What? Yeah, that that's yeah. to be. If whales do whale, then I wouldn't want to summon a whale. I'm just thinking, like, you know, what the hell? Like, this can't be like it'd be so nosy of the whale. Like, I'm just thinking, like, is someone talking about us? What's hey, what's up? Yeah, what's up, guys? Maybe yeah. it's they're just like, yo, you you want to chat? And then they bash into the they're boat. Like, uh, and, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but... Silence, boy. They'll never fucking go away if you keep call, them, t- call them the kraken. They don't know that word. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, anyway, so the, the first like, literary um, instance of uh, the Kraken is thought to be the, the saga of Orvar Order. Orvar Order. Which is an Icelandic saga. Um, and uh, it mentions like two sea monsters, Hafguffa, which uh, translates to sea mist, Ooh. and Lingbaka, uh, meaning heather bank. And Lingbaka was sort of like a weird whale type thing. Uh, Hafguffa was like the kraken. Um, so it, it was uh, described as very much as being like sort of, um, you know, it, it lies at the deep and then it comes up and like right, gets okay. you kind of thing. Uh, there's always the thing with the kraken because they're like cephalopods or you know like octopus looking things with loads of arms tentacles. the idea yeah tentacles the idea of a massive one of those sort of gripping round a ship yeah, going and in all dragging, the it, drag, down. dragging yeah. it down it was very much a metaphor for like sinking ships wasn't it honestly uh the next source i'm bringing up um a text called Konungsskugsja probably murdering that old norse pronunciation it's not an episode of our podcast if we don't butcher some yeah, yeah foreign yeah, language exactly we're uh, yorkshiremen yeah yeah our hearts mean well basically <laughs> carry on jerry so that tra- it translates <laughs> it translates to king's mirror basically yes. and it, sh- it came out shortly after the saga of all the this is like in like um I've not written down the fucking dates. Have you written down it is the time of and then not actually written the number? <laughs> it's right. That's incredible. It's like the 1300s. <laughs> it's like the 1300s. <laughs> what specific date though? That's a hundred years. I yeah. Oh God, I we Google all, we, it. We hashtag our Instagram posts with wisdom. So <laughs> <laughs> you tell him you can't tell me the exact date. Of, it takes wisdom. It takes to be honest about your ignorance rather than lie and mislead people. I could have just bullshitted and pulled a date out of my ass, but I didn't want to lead our listeners astray. Instead, I'll just say, listeners, I apologize. My lack of knowledge and rum drunkenness has led me to lead this topic astray in the forgetting and uh, not writing down of a year in which this text was written. I think it's in the 1300s. You're forgiven. Google it. Yes. Google it. Anyway, it's I'm got... still invested. Tech, carry yes, on. Carry on. So it's a Norwegian educational text. Konungs Kuzja uh, means King's Mirror. It, it was written for like the prince at the time who later became king. Okay, sort so of it... like a a guide to be king. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not a guide to be king. Just a sort of general. This is the sort of educational stuff you should know, kind of thing. Oh right. Okay. And the Kraken was included in that. Oh right. Um, there's a great quote from it. The times he has shown before men, he has appeared more like land than like a fish. Mm. And that's going to be a big thing with a kraken. Uh, appearing as land. Yeah. Oh, is it like a lot of mermaids, like, like you know, the sailors being lured like in? A similar thing. The sirens. A similar thing, yeah. Ahoy, thing. Land, land there. Well, they wouldn't have been. Well, this is Scandinavia, isn't it? No. So. Ahoy, land there. Yeah. <laughs> and then they all dock, and then they're all walking around, and then they then, and then, then, the he, then like a sailor looks under. at the floor, and a giant eye opens yeah. on the floor, and they're like, oh, kraken. Oh god, I don't know. But anyway, so those are some really early texts, like discussing. Those are like the two earliest texts uh, that I could find that discuss like the idea of a kraken. Although, like you know, 
sea monsters and yeah, that this sort like, of thing. Yeah, this idea of leviathans in the deep. Yeah. Massive things that could only be supported yeah. in like the deep ocean, you know, where they can swim around and and stuff. Because Have been around for ancient times. Exactly. exactly. That's, yeah. That's the thing about the ocean. You can't have massive things that fly because physics doesn't work like that. Yeah. But when you're miles under the ocean where you're supported by water, you can get massive things, can't you? Like we, we know We know more about outer space than we do about the bottom of the ocean. Uh-huh. We don't know that the Kraken ain't there. Megalodon? We don't know. There's definitely, there's definitely there. giant squids. Me- well, yeah. that's the thing. We, we've Me- got Megalodon. Fossil... Megalodon. Yeah. The giant shark. That's the thing. Some people theorize that, like, you know, back in prehistoric times, there's a Megalodon, there's a giant shark. Why couldn't there be a giant, giant squid? Gi- giant everything. Yeah. It makes sense to me. You know, we've got <laughs> fossil remains of, like, relatively compared to what we have now giant versions of species back yeah. then it makes perfect sense to me that in the ocean you'd you deep down you'd get some freaky shit oh yeah the like, giant squid seems like you know? japanese sailors pull up like a huge octopus all the time yeah like you know or like some or a type of squid that's never been ever been seen before like a fluorescent one that raves its head up and stuff yeah some crazy stuff in the deep crazy stuff crazy <laughs> but yeah you bring up the giant squid um Basically, that's modern day. That's what people think. All these people were talking about when all, all these people like. Because I'm gonna, re- I'm gonna re- read you a few more sources and what they say about like the kraken. But like, basically, in modern times, we think all these people writing in the 1700s and around then and before. They what were, are the they, exact dates they were writing these things? I do have. The, <laughs> shut up, Steve. <laughs> right. Okay. So Carl von Linné. We, we demand accuracy. We don't. Carl, Carl we, we, von, don't. we don't. Carl von Linné. Swedish naturalist, he not naturalist. He wasn't a nudist. He's a naturalist. He he included the kraken in the Systema Naturae, which right. was like his basically like dictionary of creatures kind of uh-huh. thing, like a natural catalog of creatures. Um, so he included the kraken like amongst like all the living beings. Okay. And yeah. that was 1735. However, that was just the first edition. There were numerous editions right, of this okay. text, and it was only included in the first edition. Right. And he gave... Were the numerous texts after that written by other people, or did he revise No, no, no other people, other people. Right. Uh, other people were like, that doesn't make that, sense. There's no fucking... Carl Carl Linnea, though, <laughs> No Paul, fucking... He, 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 <laughs> he gave... said as he scratched out. <laughs> yeah, the cracker. <laughs> yeah. He, he gave it the Latin name anyway, uh, or I think Latin name, uh, Microcosmus. My, my Microcosmus. Latin name. My, my, Wait, so it was a Scandinavian micro-cros- thing, but it, but it ended up with a Latin name. Well, this guy's Swedish, and um, he was in the 1700s, so he would have been like, it was. I think it was around the time when they were like, you know, you know how they give animals like every animal has a Latin. Oh, name. Oh, I, well. I know what you mean. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the taxonomy of yeah of the animal kingdom. Like, what is it? Gorilla's Latin name is Gorilla Gorilla. I'm pretty sure it's in either Denmark or Sweden where they have the only Latin radio news bulletin. In the world, really? I think so. No, yeah, so that's, that's, that's a topic for another podcast. It's like how we're Homo sapiens, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. yeah, and gorillas are gorilla, 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 gorilla. I wish I was a gorilla, gorilla, gorilla. gorilla. Anyway, uh, the Lazy. big, the big one, the big boy of sort of Kraken, sort of like um, mythology, almost kind of in a way, sort of, <laughs> is a guy called Eric Pontepidan. Uh, he was the Bishop of Bergen in Norway. Uh, and in 1752, he put out, and I'm going to butcher this, I've written it down in Norwegian, uh, Det Forster Forsug 
Pad Nojus Naturalij History. Right. Which means the first attempt at a natural history of Norway. Okay. And uh, he had a lot to say about the Kraken, which is why a lot of the subsequent texts sort of like, you know, a lot of them mention him and that kind of stuff. Okay, yeah. But basically, he claimed they were often mistaken for islands again. So, you know, people would like land on them and then they go, Uh, the real danger, other than like, you know, the Kraken, like just bashing you to death and trying to eat you or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Was the weight. Like the whirlpools that would be created that, in the yeah. wake of the Kraken, like it's so enormous, would it come up and then when it go, like when it come up, like it just cause like circular waves for miles and it go down and it's just like you know giant whirlpool. Yeah, down basically, e- even if you're in a boat and you're like near the Kraken, well, yeah, that's fit. You don't want to be in a boat if you're near the Kraken because it's just yeah. gonna be like chaos. Pro- on probably the sea. dead. Yeah. I don't, I don't have it in my notes. I can't remember if it was Pontipadan or one of the other guys, but someone said that like basically all the fish swarm around the kraken and they feed off the kraken and vice versa. They, yeah, exactly. everything gets sucked in, so yeah, it's risk versus reward, isn't it? But there's like a there's a Norwegian st- saying. I don't have it in Norwegian, but like um, oh, what a shame. It <laughs> in it, but it translates to you must have fished it over. You must have fished on kraken. Oh, yeah, you like, must have fished on crack. Like, yeah, for a hole that big, bro. Yeah, like yeah. if you, if you came home with like, oh wow, my paychecks doubled for some reason. Oh, bro, you must have fished on crack. Yeah, I quite like that. We I should... might start saying that. <laughs> make, should we try and make that a thing? Yeah, maybe we can I... make T-shirts and the listeners buy them. Yeah, this, I've been I've been thinking of like a a really artsy Scandinavian film about a boat going out to fish over a kraken, and it ruts. Oh, out. that'd be so good, wouldn't like, it? Like really. Nicely shot. No one says anything. Is like five. Words it's like a father and son. Yeah. And and, and they're on hard times. And yeah. the only way is to fish at the kraken. Kraken because it'll be the most food there. Yeah. And there's a lot of metaphoring involved. Yeah, let's make it. Let's do it. Let's, let's do. Make it. Let's make a Norwegian art film. Yeah. We just have to. Called you know... the Kraken. And what's it called in Norwegian? Oh, uh, Valor, half Guffer, half Guffer. But that's, that's like that's name. like old Norse, like they, you know. They yeah, no, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but that's the name of yeah. the movie, half Guffer. All right, and um, we'll take it to Cannes. All we need is, I'd say, what, like two million, because yeah. we're shooting at sea. So we'll yeah, start up at we'll start five, up Kickstarter. Five you million can donate. Five million, and we'll cast ourselves as the main characters on the boat. The script will be easy because there's only going to be like yeah. ten words in the whole thing. Yeah. Excellent, absolutely brilliant. Right, so well, la- so that's a movie right there. <laughs> Carry on, Elder Park. Yeah, last thing from this Pontifidan guy. Uh, last thing I've written down that he said is, uh, he claimed that there was a uh, a dead kraken washed up on the shore. Uh, as in a giant squid. Yeah. Well. Most likely, yes. But he said it was a dead, most likely young and inexperienced kraken. Ah, of course. Cool. Yeah. Not a fully grown yeah. giant squid. No, no, no. Washed the shore in 1680 in Alistair House. But you know what, though? We're in 1680. Yeah. If you live on the coast as a fisherman, then suddenly a giant squid gets washed up, it would make you think, and if wouldn't someone, it? And like, if someone said to you, that's just a baby. Yeah, you'd be like, what if it is? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's maybe maybe that was it. Maybe that when was I just a throwaway it... comment from like a prankster kind yeah. of guy. Like, uh, yeah. what is this thing? It's like, oh, I know what that is. It's a kraken. That's just a baby. And then that guy's going away like, haha, that guy's really scared now. But then that guy's like, I work for the newspaper. I'm going to go print it. <laughs> then suddenly it's in I'm the gonna newspaper. I'm going to go get my Gutenberg out. <laughs> I don't know if they had newspapers 
on coastal poverty towns in the 1680s. You don't necessarily know it was a poverty the, the town. town crier, the town crier. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Kraken washed the shore. Crack. Just the baby. <laughs> see, see it until it decomposes. <laughs> da -ding, da -ding. <laughs> Moving into the 1800s. 1802. My favourite hundred. Oh, really? No. <laughs> You, right? What do you mean, fuck you? I don't know, do sorry. You, it's the are, you, are you like a hard fan of the 1800s? <laughs> yeah, you know, I am actually. I like the 1800s. A lot of shit went down, I'm not going to lie, bro. Alright, alright, yeah. Okay, so anyway. 1200s forever. <laughs> <laughs> so, 1802, there's a French malacologist, which is someone who like mainly deals with like mo mo uh, mollusks and stuff. Okay. I just learned something. Yeah? Not the first time. No, definitely not. On this podcast. Uh, we do like to share the wisdom and the knowledge. There was a French yes. malacologist, though. His name mm. was Pierre-Denis de Montfort. Pierre-Denis? Pierre-Denis de Montfort. Fair enough. I, I tried to say it more French. <laughs> Pierre-Denis de Montfort. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oui, my name is Jean-Claude Greg. <laughs> Le Bouvier. <laughs> no, okay, so yeah, Pierre Denis de Montfort. He included uh, the Kraken in uh, 1802 in uh, in his uh, Histoire naturelle générale et particulière des mollusques. So is this like it, the the myth has now propagated across Europe? It's sort of like yeah. I mean, I think it had done for a while because it was yeah. it was like down in Greece and like you know, Pliny yeah. the Elder I think wrote about it like way back in the ancient times and stuff. I, I bet a big part of this was sailors being on ships. You know, you're gonna tell stories. Tall tales. Yeah, yes, you're Matt, gonna tell exactly you're gonna tell thing. stories on these voyages when you got nothing to do. And what's better than like oh, there's this mysterious massive creature right below us at any moment mm. that's gonna drag down. Speak you of tall It's a tales. ghost tale of the sea, yeah, isn't it? Like, well, well, this uh, this guy himself, Pierre Denis de Montfort, yeah. he himself told a tall tale. Uh, Naughty. A, a nautical porky, if you will. Naughty Ooh. in both ways. Oh yes. Well, he 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 claimed that there was a, there was a French warship, the Ville de Paris, that was uh, captured right. by the British and then disappeared. The Paris Ooh. House. Uh, yeah, the Paris House. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a not a house, it's a boat. It's a ship. But yeah, so it mysteriously vanished. Ooh, and he claimed like uh, it, the, the Kraken had got Ooh. disproven by a survivor who said no, a hurricane got us off the <laughs> off the coast of Newfoundland. Oh, so that's yeah. what happened. So like yeah, so he was like you know his career was ruined from then then on. Yeah. I love it because it's just some like old aristocrat bullshitting. Was yeah. he an aristocrat? I don't know. Or, you know I don't I mean? know. But it's you just assume like, from the you name. You couldn't ever do that nowadays because you get fact-checked instantly. But back then... What are you then, talking about? People do it all the time nowadays. Facts don't matter. That's very true. More, more now more than ever. That's very true. It's very true. But it would be... Simultaneously, it would be easy to prove them wrong. Yeah, because there'd be yeah. like a live Instagram feed yeah. of the ship sinking. Yeah, it yeah. would be all in the news before they even lied, got the yeah. chance to lie about it. You know how I said that uh, the Ville de Paris was actually um, uh, hit by a hurricane off the coast of Newfoundland? Uh -huh. It's great. Uh, so in 1990, there were four commemorative stamps released by the Canadian government featuring four legendary Canadian animals. And the Kraken was included. Ah, the Kraken was one of the four. This is the Ville de Paris. That's yeah, pretty how cool. about that? That's pretty crazy, right? Um, 
just got a couple more things about the Kraken. I'm nearly done. Um, the whole island thing. The whole, like, it seeming like an island and people right. landing on it. Uh, so, Wouldn't it be a fleshy, octopus-looking bulge, though, yeah. instead of an island? Yeah, that was my thinking as well. Unless it's, like, we don't know the Kraken because it's so mysterious and it's actually hard and rock-like or something. Or, or maybe the Scaling thing is, like, like, it's been there for generations hibernating and it's had, like, yeah. soil land growing on it. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, basically, um, you know, because a lot of it comes from Iceland... As I as I said, the uh, the Icelandic saga Olvar Aldir yeah. was one of the first like mentions of the Kraken that I could find at least. Uh, even if it was under the name Hafguffa, it was basically describing the same thing. Uh, Iceland, tons of volcanic activity around it. Mm. So that's what some people think like led to the Kraken myth. You know, volcanic like, like activity. People, people would move onto an island and then a volcano would erupt. Or something. Yeah, well, well, no, no, no. I mean, like, the sea bubbling. Yeah. Sudden, like, dangerous current changes in currents. Yeah, ships getting suddenly sucked under the waves and And, stuff. And the big one, the big one, new islets, tiny islands appearing all of a sudden. You know, you know, when, like, Uh, when the uh, lava spills into the sea and it hardens as, like, a new, like, rock formation kind of thing. Yeah. Imagine being, like, a sailor and not. Having done like GCSE geography, and you've done the same route for ages, and then, and then you're suddenly like, there's like a, a little island. Dirty, dirty. There's a new island there. Uh, yeah, so I just mentioned some of the things that the Kraken appears in, in sort of like pop culture and stuff. It's like Moby Dick. Kraken pops up in Moby Dick. Does he? It does yeah. he? I, I've never read Moby never Dick. Read Is there a Kraken in Moby yeah, Dick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ishmael, well, Ishmael, the narrator of Moby Dick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't paraphrasing i can't remember the exact wording of it but he says something along the lines of oh it turns out the kraken the legendary kraken is it's a giant squid <laughs> so like you know and that's like from the, that's like from the mid <laughs> that's from the mid 19th century what an so. anticlimax M- moby dick sounds shit no <laughs> it's like they have a big like tussle with the squid i'm, I'm being facetious you know you i'm might, being facetious when are you not being facetious all the time okay <laughs> I mean, I'm not being... I am a facetious all the time. But, Whatever, carry on. Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean, Kraken pops up there. Yeah. Two, yeah, uh, Davy Jones is like a squid man, isn't he? In yeah, the second one. Yeah. The bad guy played no, 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 by they Bill ha- Nye. They have like a fight with a Kraken as yeah. well at one point. Johnny Depp, on YouTube. Captain Jack, at the end of Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, the second one, gets eaten by the Kraken. Does yeah. he? And, and then in the third one, they have to go to the world's end. Ooh. Sorry, just knocked over the old cola bottle. Had to get. They have to go at the world's end to to, to, to go at the afterlife or something to find him. <laughs> that's that's Wait, irrelevant. The point the, is there is a kraken in, in kraken those films, fight. and it has a beak. You know what? Yeah. Loads of krakens nowadays in like pop culture. It's like a giant cephalopod, octopus-looking thing, but in the middle of its like legs, you know where the mouth would be, I guess. Yeah. It always has a beak. Is that a thing from mythology? Or is I that have invented? not seen any beaked krakens Ooh. myself. You know what I mean. I know, the, the... But in that kraken scene, doesn't Jack Sparrow, like, the, there's two ships going around the whirlpool before the kraken's mouth, and then he, like, swings on a bit of rope across the whirlpool and the kraken's mouth to land on the other ship? Maybe. The I'm kraken's, not sure. That's, that the ridiculous. whirlpool is the third one, and I know this because I watched it on uh, a school bus. When I was on the, <laughs> a trip around the battlefields of World War One, don't ask. I've but yeah, won't, I won't. But ask. the Kraken is definitely at the finale of the sequel, 
Yeah. And there is definitely a whirlpool at the end of the third one. However, the third Pirates of the Caribbean film is so shit, I can't remember if the Kraken pops up as well. Okay. There at the end of it. I had been trudging around the Somme that day, so forgive me if I don't remember Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End that I mean, trudging around the Somme will, like, you know, affect your memory somewhat. I suppose. Uh, Cthulhu. Cthulhu. H.P. Lovecraft's creation, famous monster. Very much inspired by the Kraken, I assume. That's the thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, the Kraken appears. I'd love to read that, man. H.P. Lovecraft was very much about unknown, mysterious horrors that you can't comprehend, which very much fits with the idea of the deep ocean. Absolutely. That's very alien to us. It's almost, essentially... The deep ocean is the same to us as humans as the deep space. Yeah, you know, it's an alien place that we, can, that we can't really go to or live in. Or but, but something, really. some things can. Yeah, one hundred percent. And uh, yeah, and Kraken was also one of the first like, and I'm talking like silent films like the 1910s, like uh, 1990s or whatever. Um, in like early silent films, uh, I think it's Georges Méliès filmed an octopus a live octopus in a bath uh resting with like a toy submarine ah did he use it Uh, use that in a film i bet it looked great as well yeah 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 so that's the last thing i'm gonna say about the kraken hell yeah and if you drink some kraken down it do it now oh he's out slow no he did it all right yeah well thank you very much for that oh thank you very much we will be back uh after this, I suppose. Yo, Mac! You see that sign there that says toxic spill? Yeah. What's that? Disregard that, Frank. It's a bunch of liberal bullshit. Right. Right. This is a nice spot. Yeah, yeah. Oh! What's that? You were supposed to get booze. Oh! This is ham. Soaked in rum. On with the rum specials. Rum. We're drunk on rum. Wait, can I have some Coca-Cola instead of this ginger ale? And do you want some ginger ale? Yes, listeners, do you want to hear a Coke being cracked? Here we go. Oh, there it is. There it is, everyone. Lovely and nice. All right. Swapsies? When I finish this one, can I have some ginger beer, Jack? Absolutely. Let's mix it up, boys. Let's mix it up. I feel like the the good vibes are flowing in this podcast. If If you're here with us, listeners, listening to this, you don't have to be drunk. That's it's perfectly fine if you don't drink. If you like straight edge, we, then that's fine. Or... We do ourselves, and we hey. are doing right now. But it's all cool. You I know? I always commend people who don't drink because yeah, I, in, in, in British culture, that's difficult. Like, it is that difficult. Is, that it's is difficult. It requires willpower. actual willpower, doesn't yeah. it, to not drink, to not be like, oh fuck it, I'll just have one. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Shout out to you. If yeah. you shout out to the sober people. And you'll be, yeah, okay. Who will be promptly forgotten about as we carry on in our orgy <laughs> of alcohol consumption. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Roll that fucking dice. Number two. It's Ooh. the same order as last time. Matthew. This the gods, rigged. The gods this shine upon so me had... slightly less favourably than they do upon now. We've had time. Kraken. We've now got... Captain Morgan. Ooh. Yes. It was a bit of a tail end thing on your bit, Joe. What do you mean? How do you the, mean? The idea of the alcohol over the the actual person. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Do you know but what I mean? But if you were to say Kraken to the person on the street, they'd be like, what, the rum? You mean the rum? Do you think? <laughs> I think so. I think with Captain Morgan they would. I'm not sure with Kraken. 
What do you think they'd be like? What you mean the mythological secret? Well, if you you put you put it on a voice of someone who I'm sorry, <laughs> who clearly doesn't know about Krakens. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? I do. Sorry, I am. Yeah. I, no, I'm being facetious. <laughs> My topic is Captain Morgan. Right. And I've done a fair bit of research. Could you pass me the sacred tablet, oh, Steve? Yes, of course. I've done a fair bit of research on Captain Morgan. Or as he Ooh. should be known, Sir Henry Morgan. Sir Henry Morgan. He was a sir. Welsh privateer, landowner, uh-huh. slaveholder. Oh, boo. And eventually, Lieutenant Governor of Jamaica. You know Captain Morgan's room, their motto, it was, not sure about is, definitely was, live like the captain. Oh, no, okay. no, no, it still is, I'm pretty well, sure. Considering he was a slaveholder. Yeah, that's pretty bad, right? That yeah. instantly transforms it into something quite eyebrow-raising, doesn't it? Yeah, raising eyebrows in, a lot in of the ways. incorrect way. In a lot of ways. But it, the, the man himself was quite fascinating. I have found out from my research. Was he a privateer then? Or a he, pirate? he was a privateer, so okay. he was a bit yeah. more legitimate than the pirates. Yeah. He's most yeah, famous. Letter from, signed by if the you know what he actually did, and if you're going off what he actually did, he's most famous for raiding settlements and shipping routes on the Spanish main. The Spanish main being the, the mainland coastal possessions of Spain's New World Empire in the Gulf of Mexico and the Caribbean oh, so like during the, the 16 and 1700s. North South America and like... Yeah, the yeah basically the, the Spanish main was where the Empire of Spain held land yeah. in the Americas. You know, during, right, Latin America. during that time, listeners, we had the New World, didn't we? We had, yeah. the, we had North and South America did, discovered in... You know, inverted commas yeah. because it was only discovered to people on that the other side of the world. Of course, there was there was definite culture still there. Yeah. But they, but we went over and we sort of sort of made the place our own for better for worse for better yeah. and worse. <laughs> um, but Captain Morgan made the best of this environment mm-hmm. that we've been discussing in the whole sense of pirates and rum dealing and stuff yeah. that when we and mentioned the of the Caribbean. I believe we mentioned last episode about privateers, how they were sort of state san- state sanctioned pirates yeah. who were legitimized to go go and be violent against vessels of another country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically be the British government would be would hire a load of pirates and be like, You're legitimate now, go and be pirates, but only to the Spanish and the French. Arr, yeah. what's and in a, it, it for me? Each country did that. Basically, yeah. and being a privateer didn't mean you were signing up to the navy either. It's a lot. It's very similar to um, how I would consider private military corporations nowadays, like uh-huh. a militia, and how they get hired hire. by government. Guns for hire, basically. Yeah. Mercenaries. And, and Captain Morgan was the gun for hire, and he was on the British side. Okay. But he didn't always start that way. He was born on January twenty fourth, sixteen thirty five. But not much is known of his early life until he pops up in the Caribbean. As a fairly prominent figure. Okay. His his whole childhood, early adoles- you know, adolescence. No one knows. How he got into the whole privateering business in the Caribbean. Yeah. Nobody really knows for sure. There's a lot of historical um, speculation. But that's nobody big, can like, say. It's a big voyage. Yeah. To go on. From, yeah, from, he, Wales. From, from Wales to the Caribbean. He first pops up reliably in the history books in the West Indices. Indies, sorry. The West um, Indices. Yeah, the West Indices. <laughs> No. Was it some math land? <laughs> the West Indies. Um, he was probably a member of a group of privateers led by a Sir Christopher Mingus. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that'd get a laugh. Mingus! Uh, listeners, please, at this moment, Google Christopher Mingus. Spell M Y N G S. And Mingus. then Google Minge. That's him, Joe. 
I will show the other elders. Oh, he does look a like a ninja. Oh, oh yeah, right that is ninja. He looks shit. like a ninja, doesn't he? Yeah, he he he. Pops wait, wait, how is it spelled? M Y N G S. Mingus. Not Mingus. Mingus. It like might. Charles Mingus. It, it might like be Mingus. In our tradition of butchering pronunciations, I've decided is. to commit to Mingus. Yeah. Okay. However, it may be Mingus. <laughs> Okay, I'm totally going to go for Mingus. Well, what would you go rather... Go for Mingus, 2020! What, what would you rather go as, Mingus or Mingus? What, to Halloween? Uh, no. <laughs> to the prom. To the prom. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mingus! Charlie Mingus, definitely. He... Come up old Chris... jazz. Oh, man. yeah, Charlie Mingus. Old, old Christopher better... Mingy, or Minge, was, was, <laughs> was a vice admiral in the British Navy. Right. So right. Uh, Admiral he... Minge... <laughs> Admiral, Admiral Minge. Sorry. Yeah. Um, assistant to the regional admiral. Assistant to the <laughs> regional admiral cunt. <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't but, know. Well, anyway, Christopher, Christopher Minges was attacking Spanish cities and settlements over the Caribbean and Central right. America in the mid-1600s. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's likely that Morgan began as a commoner and sort of worked his way up yeah. through his his sort of like <laughs> subordinates to the point where he was captaining one of the ships in his fleet right uh, which was privateering remember privateering being the state sanctioned yeah. sort of pirating he was he was pirate privateering against the spanish no. yeah but basically captain morgan probably took part in the attack on santiago de cuba and the sack of campeche on the yucatan peninsula okay. so he had some early experience in, be, in being an important person but not at the highest ranks in this sort of attacks on Spanish towns and settlements and and frigates uh-huh. during the mid 1660s, that's where he first come, proper comes into the history books as a lower down name right. on the, on this British action against. I, there was this huge war. I, oh, and also this lad called Morgan was there. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Basically. Sa- yeah. Side note: How good a word is frigate? Frigate's a pretty good word. It's it's good that, as... It sounds like someone someone being really angry, but they don't like swearing. It's as good as mingus. No. Min- minge. Frigate, that damn Mingus. Frig that Mingus. Wait, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's move on. What's it? Is this like some U-rated porn or something? No, it's it's really not. There's there's some rumors in the history books that he um he was taken captive and sold. Uh huh. In Barbados. Ah. Uh, uh, you know, like they lost one of their complex. Yeah. They were all taken captive, the survivors, and, and sold in on. Barbados, but. Somehow he ended up working his way. If that is true, he worked his way back into the sort back of into society. legitimate society level of the Caribbean. Just you know, the sort of raised through his level. pirate charm, no doubt. Maybe, maybe indeed. He the key thing is he was friends with a Sir Thomas Moodyford. Probably sorry, the, what? A, a, a Sir Thomas Moodyford. Sorry, not oh, Moodyford. I've, I've always said Moodyford. Like no, his no, that, really I, I mispronounced it no, in my, in like my a... eager. I mispronounced it. Sir Thomas Moodyford, basically. Right. Um, he was he was a, he was a friend of his. Okay. Um, uh, who Thomas Moodyford was appointed governor of Jamaica in February 1664. Okay. Now Captain Morgan, being a friend of his, a good friend, obviously, Give us a, this yeah, worked to his son. advantage, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. Um, Thomas Modiford initially outlawed privateering in Jamaica, but one month later he was forced to rescind that because uh. the the economy of Jamaica relied so hard on privateering, on these state-sanctioned pirate ex- excursions against Spain and France, yeah. that the 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 colony couldn't survive without it. But I suppose it was probably hard to differentiate between quote unquote legitimate 
pirated games and illegitimate piracy games yes. were sold on Jamaica. Yes, definitely. But, um, well, that was 1664, where his friend was made governor of Jamaica, and he was probably within a... He moved closer to the inner circle of yeah. the sphere of influence in the Caribbean. He's sitting at the big From 1664 table. to 1666, it's not historically documented what he was actually doing. Okay. Nobody knows what he was doing. There's lots of theories, but... Like, odd no, job in, bit of this, bit Nobody of can say for Locking sure. Locking up a couple of he, he pops back up in 1666 when he married his cousin. Ha! Did he move to Shelbyville? No. <laughs> I hear they do that there. <laughs> now let's all have a nice glass of prune juice. <laughs> but he married his cousin, okay. and essentially sort of finalized a move into the upper echelons of society okay whoever he was maybe middle class for what it was at the time or lower class he'd by 1666 he'd married his cousin who was of a higher birth right and he'd moved into upper society in the caribbean okay basically and um did you remember i i remember last episode i said there were these things called letters of mark which were like official government sanctioned like, you know, you're allowed this to attack this country. Like, hey, he, buddy, you're one of the best pirates. Come pirate for us. Yeah, he got one of those in 1667 against Spain because at that time England and Spain were proper going at each other. Yeah. Basically. And it was cool in the Caribbean to for the English and the Spanish to, to fight each other, basically. Um, it was cool. Yeah, basically. <laughs> They they all found it proper exciting. They yeah. all did it. Well, like all the all the Caribbean locals like lining up on the beach like, yeah, man, it's England versus Spain today. Well, the locals relied on that for their economy, the war and the fighting. Fair enough. E- either way, good. You know, it was a bit back and forth. Good. I'm glad. I wouldn't be glad. I'm not glad. <laughs> you just said you were. Yeah. Well, looks can be deceiving. <laughs> it, essentially, this letter of Mark said. Um, he, uh, it said, draw together the Who's English private, draw together the English privateers, ignoring that, and take prisoners of the Spanish nation, whereby he might inform of the intention of that attack, of that enemy, sorry, to attack Jamaica, of which I have frequent and strong advice. So his friend's the governor of Jamaica, yeah, and he's basically being like, yo, go attack the Spanish defenders, and um, it he the letter of Mark only gave him permission to attack Spanish vessels at sea. But he decided we're going to go attack on land anyway. Whatever. Yeah. There was this town Took called Puerto Principe uh-huh. uh, that he made a land attack on. And he, he managed to take the town. Um, but the treasure wasn't really there. Uh, the treasure was very disappointing no for his booty. crew. There was, there, the, <laughs> no he was basically on the verge of mutiny after taking this town. You promised me booty. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, basically. And they didn't get it from this town. And a lot of these men had risked their lives. You know, yeah, risking their take... lives for the booty, man. Yeah, they're risking their lives for booty, putting themselves out there <laughs> for booty, for booty. Like this guy Sw- got swiping... his hand... he got his hand cut off for booty. Yeah, swiping but right on the idea of, the of this one guy of lost an eye town. for booty. The captain gets booty and a half though, <laughs> and the gunner one gets and a half a booty, booty, and, a booty and a quarter. Yeah, half but a no, cheek. that may be, but no one was satisfied <laughs> from this attack. Uh, however. However, he moved on to a place called Port Bello, which was like a, a key, um, Port a, key Bello. a key location. Uh, I believe it was in Panama. Let me. Um, after Puerto Principe and the disappointing haul, he announced plans to attack Port Bello, 
but a lot of his men left him because they were like, nah, mate, that yeah. last one was shit. I can't believe you made <laughs> us take that town and there was not literally nothing in it for but us. But a third of his men about left him. Okay. So he took the, the remaining two thirds of the Portobello. Oh, is this over multiple ships? Yeah, he yeah. had like a little sort of like fleet. Armada or whatever. Yeah, yeah. whatever it, but the official terminology is. But he moved on to Portobello, which has two castles. Ooh. So they had to take the two castles and then secure to... the town. Yeah. But Portobello was essentially guaranteed a bigger hull because yeah. it's a key yeah, it's point. Got castles the well. Spanish's trading routes at the time it all went through Portobello. Yeah, there's no way if you if you take Portobello as a force, you're not getting all quite right, a bit of money. And I've stuff. got a brilliant idea. Yeah, we'll get on a boat, wouldn't it, over at Portobello? <laughs> Middle of the night. Middle of the night. We'll take lock out that the two shit castles. We'll lock that shit down. Lock the town That's down. essentially what he did. Yeah. Man. He he got his forces, and in the middle of the night, he got them all on rowing boats, and they rowed up to one of the castles. They took it with a bit of fighting, but, you know, it was a, like a surprise attack. Yeah. And then he moved on, and I won't go too deep into it, but he did a very tactical, few tactical manoeuvres and managed to take Portobello. And it's known as, like, the first instance of people going, hang on, this Captain Morgan guy, yeah. he might actually oh, be a very good... Com- yeah, yeah. He might have a run That's named after him someday. Absolutely <laughs> insane. And they sacked Portobello. Yeah. Well, to be fair own... and worth uh, mentioning at this point, they did a lot of bad shit to innocent people all the time throughout I, yeah, their I expedition. Pillage. Yeah, they were pure pirate, piratey, horrible pirates. Yeah, but but they came back to Jamaica with more than the yearly agricultural output of Jamaica. Oh wow! From their sacking of Port Bello, they came back with more money than Jamaica was going to make in a year. And did that, and did they contribute that into the economy then? Well, yeah, they they were, they were like, because they had the piracy yeah, note from that. Yeah, a, fra- to, to a fraction of that was more money than a peasant would ever dream of. Oh, so, yeah. So for Captain Morgan, he was like, yeah, I'll have a little bit of it. I'll make a massive name for myself, basically, hey. in the name of Britain as well. He's doing this all privateering. It's state sanctioned. So was it all? He's going becoming to like... a, he's becoming a war hero, basically. Yeah. This is how muddy it was in the Caribbean, that that pirates and privateers. The only thing separating you from being an outlaw and a war hero was a, was, was a signed piece of paper by some official of yeah. some low down official of the it's British. It's not government. like they could look into what you were doing every time. They yeah, there was no forensic evidence said, or surveillance yeah, they, of what you were actually doing. They, it, they just, just they just hand waved it as oh well it's war. They might and, have sent like one yeah. inspector like every like like once a year or something and it's just like, alright, the inspector is coming this month. Everybody behave. <laughs> yeah. Tommy, that's, that's no more gambling. <laughs> Well, this is one of those topics where I could spend ages going into the specifics of what he did, town to town, port to port, but he, he made a name for himself and he carried on. He didn't stay back in Jamaica for long. He was like, I'm going to get back out there Yeah. with my fleet. We're going to keep making money. I'm going to keep being a celebrity, basically, of the era. What was he like well known at the time then? So like the dash In the Caribbean, Captain definitely, Morgan. yeah. Wow! Like, when, ooh, Captain Morgan's coming. Well, I suppose town. if he eventually became a sir as well, it must have been. Yeah. yeah well, in a, a, October 1668, he sailed with ten ships and 800 men for yeah, Ile La Vache, which was a small island he used as a rendezvous point. With, okay. And there he made his plans to make further attacks against the Spanish. Right. Um. He he had a, a flagship called the Oxford. Okay. That that's was that was his main ship, the Oxford. And he carried on commencing like sort of raids against Spanish towns and yeah. stuff. Um, kind of like sea guerrilla warfare. The most interesting thing that I want to highlight from this period was that in uh, in January of 1669, he called a council of war of all his captains on oh. his flagship. So each 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 ship had a captain. Yeah, yeah, he got yeah. them all together for a council of war. Um, while he was on his flagship, 
one of the powder magazines down in the in the storage section sparked and the whole ship exploded. Oh wow. Yeah, complete accident. Yeah. He was having a war council of all his top men. So the all complete his top men ship were on exploded. The, ship. the comp the whole ship exploded. Two hundred people died. Oh shit. Um one side of the table that was in this council room, including Captain Morgan, yeah. from the explosion, were blown out of the windows into the water. Right. The other side got completely fried. Oh god. He got completely. He got very lucky. Like a few seats yeah, away. Yeah, he, he was in a building, you know, in a ship. But imagine yeah. being in a building and it, the whole thing explodes, and it's just luck whether you're going to get blown out the window on into the safety of the water. Maybe, or, or you're just gonna get burned. Maybe one of the uh, one of the uh, onboard privateers was uh, breaking one of that nice pirates. Yeah, rules. maybe he didn't yeah. cap his pipe. Maybe he didn't Someone probably didn't cap his pipe. That's why those rules are there, mate. Yeah. You know, health because, and safety yeah, isn't just common Captain sense. Captain Morgan himself, Even... after this, was almost certainly like, "You do not fucking smoke <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the gumbo." Imagine, imagine you're Captain Morgan. You call in your war council. You're all a bit leery because you're on top of the world yeah. and you're like, right, bros, where are we doing next? And then suddenly the whole place explodes like and you're five... you're flung out of the window of your ship into yep. the ocean just yep. by chance. Five of your finest guys yeah. that you've been grooming for years yeah, to just, be great Yeah, just exploded. And, it, and it's all a complete accident. It's not health and safety gone mad. It's preserving Was that Smokey the... Jim? Was Smokey Jim on duty again? <laughs> Fuck Smokey Jim. Well, that was, the, that was the start of a bit of a... Well, not, I don't want to say downturn, but... So that, that's Morgan certainly where his, that's certainly where his rampage around the Caribbean started to wind, wind down, down because in 1870 England signed a peace treaty with Spain uh -huh. and privateering was no longer legitimate against the Spanish in right. the Caribbean because they were officially allies and that obviously was a big impact on Captain Morgan but he kept on doing it anyway. Just as See, a pirate, it's my way of life. They, lots of people in that society yeah. didn't know anything else. It was like. Don't have any Tell, telling skills. a society to completely change its economy just because two countries are like, now nah, we're cool now. Yeah, yeah. Did it, did it, it, it didn't happen, did basically. To be fair, like, yeah, you would have turned back up like, Arr, I did all those things you told me to. Now, yeah. it's all done in a soul sort of, oh, thank you very much, Captain. Um, you're dismissed. Um, oh, what, what do I do now? Um, let's go about your ways. But you're not allowed to be a pirate. No, definitely don't. Yeah. Arr, that's kept all on, I know. He kept on doing Welsh, it, basically. And we're glossing over a lot of his individual efforts here but he kept on being uh, he turned from privateer to pirate basically in, in the, the, in the name no. of jamaica you got you got to realize he was a very well-known figure yeah. did he start he going against the crown yes he did that's amazing he Ooh. did start going against the crown do you like the captain he was eventually arrested and summoned to england to uh, appease the spanish because oh, the, the okay, spanish yeah. were like this this war hero of yours he's still fucking with us out there yeah we're can meant you, to be at peace can yeah. you actually stop it so he was arrested by the British and hauled off to England. But he was he oh, was so well sorry, old no chap. no no he was so well loved by England because obviously the whole time all all the things yeah. that the Spanish were pissed off for the British loved him for yeah and just because there was a peace treaty signed people were like ah well it's, yeah. it's Captain Morgan yeah that's what you he's know, always he, done he, and um he was he didn't suffer a bad fate at all in Britain in fact he was appointed Knight Bachelor. Charles II, who was monarch at the time, was a particular fan of Captain Morgan's. Oh, so I had when, posters all over the, yeah, the, uh, the, the palace walls. Right up of his bed, Charles II's like lying on his front on the phone to his mates with his legs in the air kicking. And he's like, oh, Captain Morgan. He's dishy. Isn't he dishy? <laughs> <laughs> so nothing bad really happened to him. Like I said, he was appointed Knight Bachelor in 1674. Knight Bachelor being the basic rank of men knighted by a monarch. 
who are not part of an order. Okay. Yeah, if you're not part of a particular order of knights. Yeah. You're just a general person. You will be a knight bachelor. So is that what like knights we like Sir Bradley Wiggins like he's a. I imagine yeah. he would. No, take... no, that'd be like OBE and stuff. That's the order. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, order oh, okay, of the British. Yeah. yeah. If you're not that, because he was, because he was technically remember he'd been breaking British law for outlaw, a while. Yeah. He couldn't be legitimately inducted into any order. Okay. Yeah. To re- officially represent the country. But he was so well loved. Nobody had in Britain had any desire to fuck with him. Yeah. And politically, it would have been a bad move. Yeah. To ex- to execute him because he was so well loved amongst all layers of society. It was like he was a villain, but he was our he was villain. our hero. So he kind of paid it, just paid it, just like, can you stop that? We'll give you, what well, you know, we'll give you some yeah. big title. He he was made Knight Bachelor and in 1683. He returned to Jamaica and was appointed uh, lieutenant governor. Ooh. Which he he ruled until he died five years later in 1688. Is that like the prime minister, as it were? It's sort of like, you're, you're, you make the decisions, yeah. mate. Uh, he he served for five years and then died from his alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> what age? Um, well, he was born in 1635 and he died in 1688, so he was 53. Not bad for back then, to be fair. For a life of pirating, yeah. privateering, and drinking. drinking rum every single day, no doubt having all sorts of unsanitary encounters. Yeah. Be I like believe. the captain. Be like the captain. Live Spice like the main brace. Live like the captain. Keep slaves. Ransack Spanish people. Don't keep slaves. Don't ransack Spanish people. <laughs> yeah. In fact, don't, don't but be like the captain. The interesting thing is, by our morals and our standards in our societies, he's an absolutely reprehensible yeah, figure. Yeah. So where, did the, where did, did the slave owner bit come in? Like, when, Just when did he, he ended up slaves? lieutenant governor of Jamaica, oh, Jamaica in a time where anyone with any power in that would have in, in that country would, would have inevitably had slaves working for them. Right. We'll yeah. be back after this. Tenuous. No, because it has rum in it, which is what this is all about. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll see how it continues. My subject. Is it you next? Well, think. Yeah, it's me. The last <laughs> I mean, one. process oh, of elimination. Shit. I thought I was first for a second. <laughs> no, no. That's the rum talking. That's the rum talking. So we've had Kraken, we've had Sailor uh, No, we've had Captain Morgan, and now we've got Sailor Jerry. Yeah, Sailor Jerry. Sailor Jerry. Uh, Norman Keith Collins. His name wasn't actually fucking Jerry. Nope. Popularly as Sailor off. Jerry. That's sort of his nickname, Sailor Jerry, though. He's a prominent American. Who was? Sorry. Are we, we going to find out why he was called? He was Jerry. just a prominent uh, tattoo artist in Hawaii, well known for his sailor tattoos. Hmm. Um, he was born in Reno. Uh, but grew up in Northern California, and as a child he hoped, uh, as a child he hopped freight trains across the country, like a nomadic hoboey lifestyle. I always thought Hopping I looked really freight fun. Trains. Yeah, yeah like you know, the trains going fast, and you have to like run on with your your bag full of your stuff, and, and you don't know where you're gonna hop off. And then yeah. you hop on, and there's like two hobos there, and like, hey kid, where are you from? And you're like, I'm from Reno. Yeah. yeah. And then like you know, hopefully they don't molest you. My name's Big Mike, and he did meet a man called Big Mike. Okay. From from Palmer, Alaska, and oh. uh, that's the man who taught him how to tattoo uh, using a hand pricking method, 
and in the late 1920s he met Tat Thomas from Chicago, who taught him how to use a tattoo machine. Uh, he used to just practice on drunks brought in from Skid Row. As messed up. I assume they consented. We were yeah. talking about earlier, like, waking up and you're, like, part of the Navy. This is, like, a bit of a step down, but it's still pretty bad. Waking up and you have, like, a... To be fair, if you had a tattoo and you knew it was an original Sailor Jerry tattoo, you'd be like, yeah. But I suppose yeah. back then he was just a kid who was practicing. Yeah, on exactly, you. so you wouldn't know. There's a difference between, hey, sign this little bit of paper, your life's gone away, and hey, sit in this chair for hours whilst this guy tattoos. Yeah, it wasn't quite like Picasso, instead of paying his bill, signing the bill. Quite the different same. Yeah. Because it would be the bill would then be worth more. Than he used to do a little doodle as well sometimes. Yeah. Uh, at the age of uh, so in the 1930s, so yeah, in his like late teens, he sailed the Pacific to Hawaii. Cool. Was that like an extension of his train hopping? He was like, kind I'm of sick of trains. Like... I'm gonna hop on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Head over to Hawaii. The sort of. The only like the last bit of America that if you've travelled around on freight trains yeah. you wouldn't have yeah. seen the most exotic bit of America yeah. Yeah. in a lot of ways. And then there he found his niche, I guess, so there was no need to move on to planes. Yeah. 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 There you go. Well, he well at nineteen he had to do service, so he joined the U.S. Navy. Wait, when was this? World yeah. War Two then? Oh, no, it was just age nineteen. So how old did he have been then? Uh, it'd have been like the late nineteen twenties. Oh right, fair enough. What is maths? Wait. Yeah, the late 1920s, he would have joined the Navy. Uh, during that, he was exposed to the art and imagery of Southeast Asia. And yeah. during his career as a tattoo artist, he works as a licensed skipper of three large-masted schooners. Ooh. On which yeah. he conducted tours of the Hawaiian Islands. He was a tour guide as well. You know what? From what I've seen of Sailor Jerry's artwork, you know, yeah. it's on the bottles. Yeah, yeah, Sailor yeah, Jerry's yeah, yeah, yeah. rum. They, they were the traditional tattoos people got. I can see similarities between that and like traditional Asian. That's it. It's sort of that, that flower of imagery people. as well. And yeah, like Hawaiian hula girls and yeah. being like all like you know in the plants and stuff. Very very na- much like natural Asian curves, not straight lines. Yeah, yeah. Or I can trace the the line there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, if you give it go even deeper and say the entire practice of tattooing. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that comes from like you know. It's not a white thing, is it? No, it was imported uh, through sailors. Yeah. You know, going out to these foreign, far-flung lands and seeing, you know, the what Maori tribes people or or, or like you know people yeah. in wherever, whatever other islands, and being like, oh wow, yeah, do that to me. That looks cool. Yeah. And then they bring it back, and they would be like, what's happened to you? It's like, no, nah, it's cool. Look, it's a little lady with a hula skirt. <laughs> but he was sort of like revolutionary in tattooing, really. Yeah. He he uh managed to expand the array of colours that were available to two artists by making his own pigments. Because oh. of his years of experimenting on drunkards on Skid Row, like we could do basically so whatever the, he wanted. The yeah. idea of being like, I've got a Sailor Jerry tattoo. Yeah. It would be like people would be like, Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, definitely. that's sick, man. He he yeah. created custom needle needle formations that um embedded pigment much with much less trauma of the skin. So Good like it was God. a lot easier to heal afterwards. Dude yeah. sounds like more like a scientist. He was one of the first tattoo artists to utilize single-use needles. Obviously, way before his time yeah. on a health front, I'm sure he didn't mean that. I'm sure he was just thinking more like, well... Practicality. Practicality. You use one on one person, yeah. the, the needle gets a bit used and you throw it away, so That's it's better it. the next time. He wasn't thinking like blood blood contamination. And, and he was one of the first tattoo studios to use autoclave to sterilize his equipment. 
Yeah, well, there you go. He was thinking about that. And sterilization. Autoclave is like a little like chamber, like for industrial processes of uh, elevated temperature and pressure, different from the ambient air pressure, which sterilizes the equipment. Yeah. Okay. Can you pass me my ginger? Yes. Beer? I've accidentally just poured myself a giant rum. <laughs> Acc- <laughs> accidentally, he accidentally, says. My hand slipped. <laughs> no, it didn't. Uh, <laughs> and his influence on the modern day of tattoo art is, you know, well recognized. Yeah. Uh, he had like three main proteges slash friends: Ed Hardy, Mike Malone, and uh, Zeke Owen. Oh, Ed Hardy was one of his like proteges. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think that his designs and stuff. It's that. It's that sort of scenario where we take it for granted because it was so. It's like watching Citizen Kane now. Yeah, it's not impressive because every movie's gone on to develop from that. Yeah. But there had to be a movie that started it. That started it all, He's that for tattoos. Basically, In in a lot of ways, isn't he? Yeah. Notable designs of his, a bottle of booze, snakes, wildcats, the infamous uh, Aloha Monkey, eagles, falcons and other birds of prey, swallows, motorheads and pistons, nautical stars, classically styled scroll banners, knives, guns, other weapons, dice, anchors, Hawaiian themes, and pin-up girls. Pin-up girls probably being the most famous of them all. Yeah. All these sailors would want a a sexy-looking cartoon woman on their own, because they don't have anything else to look at. Yeah. No porn on the boat. They just have to look at their arm and like, yeah. Or maybe they look at their arm and like, damn it, I should have paid more. This is a crap tattoo. Damn it. I can't get hard to this. <laughs> when uh, uh, when Collins died, his tattoo studio at uh, 1033 Smith Street in Honolulu's Chinatown was the only place on the island where you could get a tattoo. What? Really? Was, was Why? It was just it, because his shop was there. That's just where tattoo studios were. There were multiple ones. But they were all in the Chinatown because that's where his studio was. Oh, but when did he die? Uh, he died in 1973. Oh, right. Age 62 years old. I imagine there's a lot more there now. I imagine there's probably more there oh, yes. than anywhere else because, you know, if Sailor Jerry was in your town, you'd want to be like, oh, yeah, I have a tattoo studio. I do tattoos. Same town Sailor Jerry did, yeah. If you could go back in time and get a, a genuine Sailor Jerry tattoo, would you? Yeah, I would. I'd get I, a, I would, yeah. I'd get like a pin up girl, but like have it be like like me. <laughs> so like the body of a pin up woman no, then no, the my, head is you. No no my body. I'll see just, just, you just as all a you. A pin up all me. A pin-up boy. Like me me yeah. and like swimming trunks. Where are all the pin up boys, man? Yeah, where are the pin up boys? Obviously our society back then couldn't accept the pin up boys. But, but yeah, it'd be great though, like putting to my bicep, like people like, Hey you see that? <laughs> Look, it's me. Look at that. <laughs> In like a hula skirt and yeah, in a lay. A tattoo of me on holiday, yeah. 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 You know what? Yeah. Maybe we should all get tattoos of each other. Yeah. As pinup boys. But what? <laughs> Elder Joe doesn't. Elder Joe doesn't look. Get, doesn't look too infused. By no. <laughs> Where? Where? Wherever you want. Wherever you want. Yeah. Doesn't Please. have to be like your face. Yeah. Uh, on your butt, me and Steve. Yeah, you could get it one on, on, each, one cheek. on each cheek. In, yeah. a, in like hula girl, yeah. like I've been hula-ing towards your ass. Yeah. I've been told I have a nice butt. I don't want to soil You've it. You've been with told, have one you? of your butts. What? We don't have to have a butt on your butt. Yeah, it could be the front of us. It's like me and Steve in grass skirts. 
yeah. on each cheek. Oh no, I don't want. Oh, there's not, there's not, a single, there's not a single girl on Tinder who wouldn't want to see yeah. that man. I'm saying that now. You're you're wrong. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not wrong. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Let me have this. I'm. Oh no. Oh, oh, absolutely not. Let you have it. No, you can't. Okay, fair. Give it back. I can't presume Give... everyone wants me tattooed on their butt cheek. It's true. It's true. Or you, Steve. Well, yeah, I suppose I just thought you'd be honoured to have us on your butt cheeks. Honoured? Yeah. Oh, so humble. I wasn't insisting. Oh, yeah, no. Just any any woman would be like, oh, that's so different. Yeah. <laughs> now, Vic, what would the actual reaction be? It would probably it would be more be like, like okay. who the fuck are these? I imagine the reaction from a, a woman if you showed her your butt. And you had your two friends tattooed in hula skirts on that's your butt. Thing. Would probably be okay. You're right. That's yeah. the thing. If, if a girl's pulling down your pants, you don't want her to say, "Who are these guys?" Why is she pulling it down from the butt? How how often do you show a girl your butt though? Like, look at my butt. <laughs> I wonder what Sailor Jerry's well, wife preferred. Well, yeah. she uh, still lives in uh, really? Hawaii. Holy crap! How, how old is she? Yeah. Uh, well, he did remarry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he remarry like a 20 year old when he was 60 or something? Uh, oh, wait one minute. Actually, let me reread this. Oh, no. We'll it, keep it, well, about it says that. Sailor Jerry was married more than once, and his widow Louise still resides in Hawaii, as do several of his children, grandchildren, and great grandchildren. I bet they're all however, when you go on the However, when you go on like his spouses, it just has her name. So I assume maybe illegitimate or ill documentized weddings before then. But this is the wife that he stuck with and had children with. Did you say he was from Reno? Yeah. Might have driven down to Las Vegas and. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Had a quick. Yeah. Had a wedding. Quick. But wedding. See, another bad hangover. Oh no, I've woken up and married. Yeah, imagine. That goes along. I've woken up and tattooed and I'm woken up and in the Navy. I've woken up and married. <laughs> All bad things. All bad. I, I, could, I could deal with waking up and being tattooed as long as it wasn't like an awful face tattoo. But the other two, I don't want to. Imagine all three. I've you, been wake, you wake up on a Where's this tattoo come from? Where's this wife come from? Where, where's this massive life decision to be in the Navy come from? Oh, shit. <laughs> 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 if you're a listener, if you've had this exact same experience, yeah. do please, get in touch. If you've ever woken up hungover and have either had a tattoo, married, or joined the navy, or please get in three. touch. Yeah, any combination of the three. It would be much tattooed and married, navied and tattooed. Oh, Man. any of the combinations. But back to Sailor Jerry. <laughs> yeah, of his three proteges, like Ed Hardy, Mike Malone, or Zeke Owens, uh, he wanted one of them to take over his shop or burn it. He was like, if none of you want it, just burn the shop down. That can't be legal. Well, it's back in the 70s, man. Does this shop have not neighbouring well, shops? If, like... you, if you inherit something, are you allowed to burn it down? If, if it's want, in the will? If you want. Like, are you allowed to burn your house down? Is that a thing? I think If, if you don't like, want to claim on the you, insurance. If you somehow yeah. do it safely, like if you just have a property out in the middle of nowhere, are you allowed to burn it down? Well, no one else is going to kick off apart from you. Yeah. So... Yeah. If it's in the middle of nowhere, sure. I'm just thinking if it's connected to any other kind of building. You're definitely allowed to burn your own house down. As All long right. as you don't damage anyone else. I'm assuming that Sailor Jerry's 
tattoo shop was a standalone building, and that that is why. Well, they didn't decide to burn it down in any case. Oh well, then it didn't. There's money to be made. Uh, in 2015, uh, sorry, since 2015, they've held an annual like celebration in Hawaii every June called Sailor Jerry Festival, which honors his legacy and the Chinatown roots of of tattooing in modern day Hawaii. Uh, the event includes live music, DJs, cabaret performances, art shows featuring artists, including his great-great-grandniece. Sorry, no, his great-grandniece, Madison Thomas, who is a prominent tattoo artist at the moment. We should go. Movie screenings, yeah. pin-up fashion shows, all sorts and everything. Really celebrates uh, Sailor Jerry. That's cool. Uh, Where's that again, sorry? That's in Hawaii. Uh, see, like you say we should go. We'd have to go to Hawaii. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Leeds Tattoo What's Expo is coming up soon. Yeah, but it just goes to the yeah, Leeds Tattoo Expo. What's wrong with going up? Sailor Jerry, you know, Sailor Jerry's great grandniece is going to be there. I yeah. know, but Hawaii, how much would it cost to get there? I'm moving into <laughs> a new flat soon. I need to save my money. <laughs> but uh, in 1999, Ed Hardy and Mike Malone partnered with Steve Grass from a Philadelphia-based creative country oh, uh, creative what a agency, boring name. Quaker Sorry, City. Steve Grass. Doesn't he sound like the most boring? My name is Steve Grass. It's like his surname is the most oh, boring yes. thing. I work for a creative agency. I'm really creative. Steve Grass. <laughs> I do tattoos. <laughs> Would you like a genuine Steve Grass tattoo? No, he We're was being just really a... harsh to Steve Grass. He was here. just a marketer. Fuck you, Steve there. Grass, you prick. <laughs> Whoa, Elder Pa. Sorry. <laughs> but, so that's the rum talk. They that established is... uh, Sailor Jerry that's Limited. That's Limited the Kraken nah, coming the out from the deep, isn't it? Sorry, we're we, 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 stumbling and talking all Steve, over Steve If you're Steve, Steve Grass, Grass and you're listening to do this, get in touch, do Steve. get in touch. We, we apologise. Feel free to insult Elder Joe in, in recompense. Oh, there's much of ammunition It's fine. We're going to tag you in this episode. Yeah, if we you definitely. don't respond, we're going to find out where you live. Oh, God. Oh, my Jesus. Okay, move on. Sorry. <laughs> if you know where Steve Grass lives. <laughs> well, he's, from a, he's from a Philadelphia-based creative agency, that so it that narrows it down a lot. Yeah. Uh, they established St- Sailor St- Steve Grass, we're not coming for you. Can I, I am. Uh, well, God's sake. We won't go to Hawaii, I, I but we're personal and... vendetta with yeah. Steve Grass. I don't like your name, Steve Grass. <laughs> Knocking at his door one night. Oi, what the hell like... is with it, well, Steve Grass? Like family Grass? Name. That's like plants that grow. <laughs> what are you on about, Steve? You're not He's, a plant that grows. Half of his name is Elder Steve's name. You've what are you stolen doing? my yeah. friend's what name. What are you doing hating on his name? <laughs> oh, Christ. Right, He's well... <laughs> he was alive before him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if he was working for a creative agency in 99. <laughs> Might have been more. Unless he was four years, <laughs> three years old. He's probably older than Elder Steve here. Let's move on from the Steve Grass fiasco. Okay, so Steve they Grass established... Asco, I don't know. <laughs> Fuck you, Steve Grass. They Carry established on. Sailor Jerry's Limited, which owned the commercial rights Is this to... where the rum comes from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, rum! Oh yeah. The, the theme of this trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> now the, the middle part's allowed to meander. As long as we bring it back round yeah, yeah. beautifully in part three. Oh, we It's will. all fine. Uh, they uh, so yeah so basically uh, they had all of licenses to all of his images and his art and his letters and his tattoos. Uh, Sailor Jerry's 
actual tattoos used on the bottles for Sailor Jerry's rum yeah, nowadays. Yeah, so the Sailor Jerry, yeah. the rum is it. It used to be you'd drink a bottle and on the inside of the label, yes, there'd so be like one see. of the Hulu girls. Which you couldn't see when the bottle yeah. was And they're full. all genuine Sailor Jerry's. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. No, they're That's quite good cool. little pieces, yeah, to be yeah. fair. But like, they basically went all out on clothing, ashtrays, sneakers, playing cards, church keys, shop Big glasses. Capitalism. They were an anti-sweatshop company, though, which I think Sailor Jerry would That's have. Fair. That's fair. Excellent. I, I, I'm very pleased fair. about that. I will applaud that. Because you don't know who uses sweatshops And they produce nearly all of their items in the United States. That makes me want to buy Sailor Jerry's rum more. And they Rather also... than Captain Morgan, the slave owner's rum. The slave owner's this rum. This is the opposite the, the, of the, the, the rum of racists. Slaves, <laughs> Captain Morgan. Racist rum <laughs> and, like, nice, not racist rum. <laughs> That's the thing. And then I got this motherfucker, the midshipman. That's almost certainly racist for him. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Midshipman. Midshipman. Might have been a black guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sure. Right. So going back to Sailor Jerry. So they also, that company, Sailor Jerry Limited is a company showcases rising talent to try and keep Sailor Jerry's legacy alive in brand new tattoo artists coming out. Okay, fair. They're they're not forgetting that it's all about. They produce a 92 proof Spice Navy rum featuring uh, quintessential Sailor Jerry hula girls on the label. As the bottle is emptied, an additional pinup girl designed by yeah. Sailor Jerry are visible on the inner side of the label. So they I'll might... rep it. I'll rep yeah. Sailor Jerry's rum, despite their flavour change. The rum is change. distilled in the US Virgin Islands. It takes its influence from Caribbean rum, which sailors would spice with flavours from the Far East and Asia. In 2010, the 40% formula being sold in the UK was changed to include a less sweet taste in a move that were described as a more vanilla and caramel flavours. That's what I was referencing in the first episode. Definitely was a change. That Sailor Jerry's changed its recipe. Not which, a fan. It was nice. that was the whole thing about Sailor Jerry's though, is it was really sweet rum. That was the point of it. Yeah. You would buy it if you wanted sweeter rum. Yeah. Yeah. And they they the... made a mistake. I think so. I think. Uh, because of... they, they, they they could have been a taste on par with Kraken, but four pounds cheaper. Yeah. But currently they're they're a four pounds cheaper taste. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well put. Yeah. Uh Unfortunately, none of Colin's family profit at all from any of this. Hmm. And, sad. and there is a current legal disagreement to his naming rights because... That's not great. If in 50 years there was a Matt Matthew Haig room, yeah. I'd but, sort of want my family to... But, then, but to be fair, Matthew Haig is your actual name, not your nickname. If, but, your, nickname, hey, if your nickname was like well, Private Ted... Yeah, well, we're in the realms of legal gray areas. And it's also we? like, well, he did bequeath his shop and all of his pictures and what stuff. What would he want? Would to, he give to a his shit? Protégés. Would he be like, "Oh, my granddaughter has to get money off this rum brand"? That yeah. Would he really want that? I'm just. It's fair. It's fair. It. And I... because of his service, he's buried at the National Memorial Cemetery of the Pacific uh, Military Cemetery in Punchbowl Crater, Honolulu. Punchbowl Crater. Sick. And that was Sailor Jerry. Nice. I just want to point out, I'm really <laughs> drunk at this point, and I, I just really like the uh, bequeath. And uh, you said another really good word in that last little bit as well. Didn't you? Whatever that word was. We yeah, I'm sure the listeners appreciated yeah. it. But bequeath. So now, Sailor Jerry is a key part of the rum mythos. Oh, indeed. And the and the fact that he seems to, well, from that very brief history of his life. Yeah. Yeah, apart from... We're, we're not going to have anywhere near... I bet the drinkers the on Skid Row didn't care that some young lad had yeah. tattooed them. Yeah. 
They, you know, being it was Sailor Jerry, one of the most legendary tattoo artists of all time, even if it is you, it probably would have been a sick tattoo. Yeah, yeah. Drunk yeah. probably woke up like, oh, 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 that's like yeah. the, no, because yeah. I've seen. We all know what his artwork looks like because we're familiar yeah. with the Sailor Jerry brand. Having a tattoo like that back then, I imagine, was actually pretty impressive. Oh yeah, well, it's he weird, was though, developing like, new techniques and stuff. Especially tattoos back yeah. then, it still had the significance of the sea. Like, yeah, what you, is it? You get an anchor if you cross the Atlantic. Yeah. You'd get a wheel if you cross the Pacific. Is that is, is that, that why true? that is the thing? That, that's what I they didn't mean. know that. That's quite cool. Excellent facts. Don't say we don't tell you shit. Hashtag yeah. wisdom. Hashtag knowledge. Hashtag that shit right now, listeners. My motherfucking god. You know it. Wheels and anchors. We're all over this. And, Sail- oh. and Sailor Jerry sort of co-opted that stuff, didn't he? All his imagery is quite nautical. And, yeah, the anchor and Car- t- Caribbean theme. He he's definitely got a style. He's he's he he counts as an artist, I think. I love this rum special three parter because it feels like I'm on a boat because it's all normal <laughs> and it's really drunk. How so wavy it feels is the wavy. boat? How wavy is the boat? Well, very right? wavy because I'm quite drunk, so it feels yeah. like I'm on a boat. Oh yeah, I'm on a boat. So and... yeah, the, the anchor meant you crossed the Atlantic. Yeah. Yeah, and the wheel but was. I think the wheel was the Pacific. Yeah, I like that. But we'll be back next week. We will indeed. Be back next week. Part three of the room special where we're going to be even drunker. Oh, yeah. Rainbow. Yes. We're going to drink for another Rainbow. fucking week. Drink, Chamber drink, of drink, the Elders. Room, 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 room.